Hey, it's a Monday, which means we have another commission podcast for you. Uh, this week, we are talking about 2004's Mean Girls, hmm. commissioned by Dr. Brandon DeVito. And if you don't know, uh, Dr. DeVito graciously uh, sponsored our entire season four coverage of The Walking Dead back when we were uh, dipping our toes in the, the independent podcasting waters with Kickstarter. Yeah, well-known space dentist. He is. Like, yeah. he's, uh, you know, with his with his sophisticated dentistry, he essentially, I, I think he saved national landmarks. He, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. um, the president of the United States, the in, entire uh, globe, the entire the entire country, not, not country, not nation, the entire world, yeah. the planet Earth. Saved us all. You know, and the, the, the third rock out from the soul system. And now his greatest accomplishment, commissioning a podcast. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive resume. Pretty impressive resume. And uh, this is so. So Mean Girls. It was a a movie directed by Mark Waters, who seems like he's uh, does a lot of stuff in the teenage preteen to teenage uh, uh, genre. That's not a really a genre. I'm not sure what you would call that, but. Uh, He's directed um, Mr. Popper's Penguins and Freaky Friday, which is another Lindsay Lohan movie. This mm-hmm. movie stars Lindsay Lohan. It's based on a book by Rosalind Wiseman. Yeah, and it's adapted. It's a it's a nonfiction book. I can see that, uh, and it's adapted to, as a screenplay by Tina Fey, who also stars in this movie. And again, it's got Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams of of True Detective fame, and a bunch of other people that we'll be talking about. It's going to, this so I'm gonna this is another one of these weird deals where we're thirty something dudes talking about a movie that's kind of pitched at teenage girls. So why did why does Brandon DeVito commission this? Uh, so this is for uh, he's uh, I'll just read right from the man's mouth. Uh, this it's appropriate as a dentist, it's coming right from his mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. This podcast dedicated to my wonderful daughter Carmen Maisie DeVito for her twelfth mm. birthday. When asked to rank move, favorite movies, it was first Mean Girls followed by The Terminator. My daughter has quite a unique perspective on movies and pop culture and has learned a few things from my own obsessive watching over the years on how to spot mistakes on film and to question why is this character doing that? Does it make sense? And other things like I love for Poltergeist, the Terminator series, and Walking Dead. Hmm. Now he has, some, uh, he has some interesting analogies between Mean Girls and Terminator. He says, while it might seem like Mean Girls and Terminator have nothing in common and make no sense as a first and second favorite movie, after reviewing them both again, I have to say there are some remarkable similarities. In Mean Girls, Katie Heron slash Kyle Reese come to a modern-day American city from a far-off place, i.e. an apocalyptic future slash fake African country. Both characters, of course, hit all the beats of the typical fish-out-of-water story, like when Katie walks into school on the first day and has no idea how to interact with students, running wild and screaming and lighting fires in the schoolyard, versus Kyle Reese running from police, stealing the pants off a bum in an alleyway, while chaotic sirens blare in the background. In each movie, Katie and Kyle have to meet up with Aaron slash Sarah Connor to protect them from a destructive relationship with Regina George slash The Terminator. Aaron slash Sarah are initially skeptical that Katie slash Kyle are who they are. say they are. Regina slash The Terminator pursues Aaron and Katie slash Kyle and Sarah with intent to destroy them both. It seems that they initially succeed until a noble sacrifice by Katie slash Kyle saves Aaron slash Sarah from a horrible life of manipulation slash gruesome death by Regina slash the Terminator. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. More stuff happens. Then Regina slash the Terminator is smashed by a school bus slash machine seemingly built for the sole purpose of crushing metal robots that shouldn't exist in 1984. Happy ending for all then as Katie doesn't die like Kyle and is free to possibly have a future with Aaron Samuels slash Sarah Connor. 
not exactly a beat-for-beat hmm. remake, but you could almost make an argument that the 2004 film Mean Girls is really a 20-year anniversary reimagining of the 1984 classic The Terminator. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> I'll sure, go with that. We'll, we'll grant it there, that. There are startling similarities. So I'd seen this movie before a couple times. I realized halfway through that I'd seen the ending. Uh, so I had, yeah, I, I went, I, I went with a niece, I think, or maybe she brought it over hmm. to my house and we watched it. It was one of her favorite movies back in the day. And I've seen it on a cable from time to time. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time and I was pleasantly surprised at how well the movie held up. Me too. I, I went into this thinking, oh boy, oh boy, kind of holding my nose and PUing it. But somewhere along the way I was like, all right, this is actually fairly smart. Yeah, and it's not too like sappy or silly in the ways that a lot of these comedies become. And I think that's Tina Fey. Like, yes. Tina Fey is a really good writer. Sure. I, I love her stuff on Thirty Rock, um, like uh, SNL. I mean, obviously she's a hilarious woman, and the way that she approaches this subject is not very traditional mm-hmm. for these movies. And I think it works. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't help that the f- film is funny. Yeah. Like, anytime, like, there'd be a lot of things that were almost unbearably preachy. Uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of scandalous, but the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. And, you know, despite dealing with somewhat heavy material at times, still mm-hmm. may, manages to be funny and make you laugh. Yeah. Um, this was kind of like an interesting star vehicle for Lindsay Lohan, because I remember when I first saw this movie, and then I saw her do a Saturday Night Live uh, to hmm. to promote it, I'm like, man, this girl is going to be a star. She is really <laughs> she she in the Saturday Night Live, she just crushes it. She's in the very first uh, Debbie Downer skit, which is like one of my top ten skits of all time. Hmm. She kills it as this Hermione uh, on a Harry a really funny Harry Potter skit where the conceit is, you know, Hermione is kind of like you know anonymous twelve thirteen year old schoolgirl, and she's come back from term with boobs because you know Lindsay lohan was stacked at the time sure sure so and then i don't you know there's lots i don't i I don't give a shit about hollywood gossip but i've taken to understand that there was problems with her parents maybe and and the way she was managed and she got into drugs don't do drugs kids yeah she got into shoplifting and acting out and maybe doing some self-sabotage and started reading her own press and just this you know as happens to a shocking amount of child stars she just went off the rails mm-hmm. and was kind of used up and thrown away before the time she, before she hit her mid-20s yeah so she's 17 when she made this movie yeah um, do we want to talk about sexualizing underage girls in America and how simultaneously everyone does it and yet everyone is supposed to feel ashamed about it? Yeah, so we had this a little bit of this conversation before we recorded this thing. Uh, it, it feels a little weird. Like, I'm, I'm not supposed to think these girls are attractive, right? Or I am. The movie's telling me these are the hottest girls in school. Like, that's the thing. They're they're obviously dressed very sexy. You can't say you can't. First of all, most of the girls outside of Lindsay Lohan are like thirty. Yeah, Rachel McAdams is like twenty six in this movie or yeah. something. Uh, but you cannot put Lindsay Lohan in a tight skimpy elf costume and have her do the Jingle Bell Rock skit where she's sure. slapping other girls on the ass and and then say. Shame on you for feeling sexual thoughts about this. Sure. Like, yeah, that's the whole point of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, – I, so 
I don't know. There's sometimes I don't know what the movie's trying to say. Like mm-hmm. it. It's so so. There. They're, I don't know they, that it has a comment on that. Well, they have Amy particular. Poehler, right? Amy Poehler yeah. is like, and yeah, and yeah. I I feel like if you went to high school, there's always that one mom. Sure. Who was the cheerleader in high school? Maybe she was the prom queen, and she's got good genes, and her daughter is attractive too, and she's reliving all of her youth, and she's the cool. Like even Amy Poehler says, "I'm the cool mom," you know. Yeah, yeah. And she's offering kind of alcohol and condoms, and there's this one. It, it kind of plays as a little bit of satire, but then the movie takes this critical look of she's got like an eight year old daughter. Oh yeah. Who is practicing her milkshake dance, and mm-hmm. then later in the movie is watching Girls Gone Wild, and actually t- with her back to us exposes her top. Yeah, yeah. Her, uh, so the movie says like I think that's bad, and I don't think anyone <laughs> would argue with it. It's supposed to be shocking and, and for comedy's sake. But then you have supposedly sixteen-year-old yeah. girls essentially doing that thing too, and like the school, it's, it's at a, official school functions and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the movie wants us to think about that. What yeah, I think – I don't know. So I don't think the movie takes a very deep look at that. I yeah. think it, it plays that for a joke and then uh-huh. kind of just moves on. Okay. But yet, I mean, again, the sexualization of these girls, like when they go to one of these teenage parties, there's girls kissing girls and there's – you know, they make the um, – there's a Halloween party where everybody shows up, you know, uh, and Katie, who sure. doesn't know any yeah. better, because let, let's explain the conceit of this movie. The conceit of this movie is this girl uh, was raised by cultural anthropologists that spent the last 12 years in Africa. So Katie has never been to a Western size, you know, school. She dresses very kind of like you would expect a person that hasn't watched MTV and read Cosmo to dress, you know, she's kind of jeans and flannel and she looks nice Mm. and she's very intelligent. She's very diligent about her uh, studies, Uh, but she's also very physically attractive. So she's got like, but I would call her cute, I guess at that point, whereas what she morphs into is entirely different. But that's interesting. Like left to it's, that's another interesting thing about the movie. So this girl without any kind of external pressures on the, yeah. what you are supposed to be mm-hmm. as an American teenage girl had, you know, a, she, she, she looks good and she's personable and she talks well with adults and she's friendly, but she's also she's super happy. smart and she Most likes math because it's this universal language and she's happy and well-adjusted. And then you put her in this crucible that is the American public education system and it essentially ruins her life for a year. Yeah. Until she finds an equilibrium where the whole school, I guess, buys into the idea and there's like this, you know, big cathartic scene about these girls stop being mean to each other. And it's also about Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you hear a lot about bullying in the terms of like kind of I guess the masculine sense where it's like guys beating up and stuffing them into trash cans and, you know, swirlies. But this takes a look at, like, the girl side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she even says, like, there's – in girl world, you know, you're not – you have to fight sneaky. You mm-hmm. can't just be like, you know, what? what you, you talking shit about me, bro? And you shove and maybe throw some punches and then it's over and then that was, that was settled. Yeah, This, yeah, yeah. it's like – when I first saw this three-way call and I heard that that was actually a thing, <laughs> that's from the devil. Sure. If you haven't seen this yeah, movie – what happens is two girls make a three-way call to another girl, and then the middle girl talks shit about 
the first girl and the third girl who has a lot of social pressure to just agree with whatever she's hearing, whether she agrees with it or not, seems like she's saying like, oh, I think, you know, girl A is a slut and a whore. It's like, oh, yeah. The girl C is like, oh, yeah, she's a total slut. Mm. Then girl A was hearing this whole thing. is like, oh, my God, I thought you were my friend. Yeah. It's pretty it's, terrible stuff. It's trap. Admiral Akbar would not be pleased with that. No, no, no. He would be wanting to, you know, abandon uh, a dissector in hyperspace away at, at, at every single scene break. Um, I don't know. What did you want to talk about? Any of those issues? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk about those. Um, not being a girl or in high school, uh, and having really ever gone through high school, there there are very few things that I know about high school because uh, I was homeschooled through most of my high school career mm. uh but i can one thing i can tell you mm-hmm. having uh kind of absorbed this from society is that high school doesn't really matter the only thing that really like being popular in high school doesn't matter like yes. if you can get through high school with a with a decent head on your shoulders and getting decent enough grades to get into a college you want to get into yes that's all that matters yes you will never see these people again no. Find the find the couple of people who are nice and you like, mm-hmm. and just worry about them. Like, don't yeah. worry about what, what everybody else thinks because that's that's a fool's errand. Yeah, it's funny because they out of all <laughs> out of all they they have this interesting scene where th- this girl Janice, who's played by Lizzie Kaplan, Kaplan, yeah. Kaplan rather, uh, mm-hmm. who's now been famous for being on three seasons of uh, the Masters of Sex. Yeah, okay. She plays this kind of misfit girl who used to be, you get the idea, and this rang true for me, because I remember, like, what the social order was in grade school and kind of starting junior high, and then shit just gets paired up, and you get assigned to what clique you're in, and, you know, based on what parties you go to, and all that, and what sports you play, and what activities, you get kind of divvied up into your social group. Mm -hmm. And it's really... I, I used to be good friends with that person, and now we never speak because he's a jock and I'm an art nerd. And I, I thought it's, it's funny because so like my natural affinity felt with the art nerds because like you know when they paint over and uh, the guy who's quote unquote too gay to function has got like a mask made out of baloney that he's stuck <laughs> to his face and he's doing a uh, you know Goonies and Baby Ruth impersonation. Uh-huh. I'm like, yes, those are the guys I want to hang with because they're the ones that. You know, school sucks. The best way to spin it is laughing, in my opinion. Yeah, laughing and getting what you can out of it. So yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, same same advice as the wire. You only you only do two days in high school: the first day and the last day. So just you know, <laughs> keep your mind on what you're doing and yeah. just get through it. And eventually, it'll end, and your real life will begin. That's the thing in your real life. There, there's no situation like high school where no. you're where you're forced to interact on a daily basis with certain people. It's close in a job. But you get away from those people for uh, for most of your life, right? You don't like, have to deal with them in a social aspect. There are like, psychopaths in high school that actively try to disrupt the experience everyone's having, but they have to keep going because it's the law. Yeah. Like a joker comes into high school and sets a trash can – or comes into work and sets a trash can on fire. He's gone. He's, they're fired. He's yeah. gone. Or mm-hmm. if someone comes up and shoves you against the wall and threatens you, they're gone. Yeah. Or someone comes up and, like, sexually harasses you. Should, mostly, they should be gone. Where in high school, that shit just happens and, like, you may get detention or a three-day suspension or maybe a yeah. week suspension. But they're right back and you got to deal with them But they actively years. try to go out and 
bring those people back in the high school. It's, you know, it's, it's so artificial. No, nothing in real life is like this. And it ultimately doesn't matter that much. And also, like, I guess it's so a little clickish that most careers kind of you couple up around broad social and cultural and economic indicators. Like, sure. if you go work at a machine shop, you're going to have a certain type of men and women working there. You go to work in an IT shop, you're going to have a certain class of men and women. And if you go yeah. into and the interactions you a have dentist with... office, for example, you're going to get a certain... Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, um, emotions aren't as crazy sure. and hormones aren't raging the way That's they the do. That's the other like, thing. This, Not... is, this is the mosh pit of society, right? <laughs> like... What I thought that was so smart and interesting that every time they showed Katie being exposed to a new environment, she always... In that, uh, made an analogy to like what wild animals are doing yeah. in Africa. Sure. Like a lion ripping the throat out of something. Yeah. Or, or like or these kids elephant. are around this fountain in a mall. that looks like the water. Like they're actually yeah. capering around like monkeys or they're <laughs> drinking like gazelles and they're flinging poo. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, you've, you've got this artificially constrained pressure cooker and you've got in, you've got your body changing and your hormones changing and people you like your first relationships you're going to blunder into and out of. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle anyone gets out of there <laughs> it really alive. It's 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 kind of like a weird social. Like if you made that as a social experiment, it'd be banned yeah. on the grounds yeah. that it's it's too cruel. Uh huh. It's too destructive. It's Just abusive. Like, like, yeah, you can't take a child and like lock it in a closet for three years and never expose it to speech. Like that's like that's that's inhumane. Uh-huh. But you can do um, high school. And everyone goes along with it. And then there's some crazy people that tell you it's the best time of their life. Oh, yeah. Those are the people that peaked. Those are the people you need to avoid. <laughs> Those, it's, like, it's like, okay, so what did you do after high school? Because I want to do everything opposite of what you did. <laughs> um, there's a lot, a lot of smart commentary, like the sex education program. Oh, man. This guy. Yeah. He's essentially saying just don't have sex. Nothing good can happen. It's sure, because that works. Just telling kids not to take their clothes off. That works. Sure. Yeah. And Not a problem. It's never worked. No, ever. It's never worked. And it will never work. Like, you go back 200 years ago when everyone was supposed to be God-fearing and super virtuous, they were still having babies out of wedlock. The best you can do is say, here are the things we know you're going to do because everyone on the planet has done them. Now, here's a little guidance, you know? Like, don't don't say don't do this stuff. Just say do it. But- It'd be roughly as effective as telling people, you know, like, we're going to give your driver's license at 16, because, you know, when you're sometime between 12 and 16, your balls are going to drop. You're going to get your first period. Hair's going to grow in weird places. You're going to start getting urges. So let's say that we issue driver's license at 16, but we say don't get don't drive a car until you're married. Yeah. And also, we're not going to tell you anything about seatbelts or airbags or how turn signals work. <laughs> we're just going to say don't do it. Just don't do it. And then, like, you know, blood spilled all and over the highway. And they give you a car, too. They, and they will give yeah. you a car. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, like, what are you even talking about? Right. I, it's, I'm, of course, going to drive this car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be best for everyone if teenagers don't drive. But they're yeah. gonna. So teach them about seatbelts and yeah. airbags. and, and give I mean, them, this guy is... And how to work a pump and not to smoke when you're, pump, when you're pumping gas. And, you know, just basic common sense stuff. But this guy is like... There's some pretty dark stuff in here, too. Especially with that sex ed teacher, man. Like, I, yeah, I remember... Making out with these girls in the projector well, room. So that like, was also commentary. Like, this guy's so against sex, but he's actually... Yeah. And it's also weird that they kind of <laughs> played that for laughs. That's like what I mean, teacher, yeah. teacher... It's dark, but they're just playing it like it's comedy. Which, yeah. I guess, I guess that works. I wonder what Tina Fey would say about that scene 
now. Like she wrote and and was involved in that scene mm. in you know, 2013 or 2003. I wonder what she'd say about that now because, yeah, I mean, you got a coach and a sex ed teacher who is, I mean, they say making out. You assume there's more there. Yeah, yeah but even if it's just making out, it's still sure. a gross violation of, of, of what you want out of a, a teacher-student relationship. Yeah. But I think also, like, you know, every time I hear making out in this thing, I'm actually here. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing making out, and I'm thinking fucking. Am I – is that guy Bill from Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Am I picturing him right? I don't know. I don't know who Bill from Always Sunny is. Okay. I need to look it up, but uh, I, I did want to talk a little bit about the people who are in this because I think all the, the performances are really great. Okay, you know? yeah. Like, they're playing characters for the most part, but – all of them are really, really good. Like, well, and it, you want like, with Katie Lindsay Lohan. Well, I was also going to mention that you know probably half that is because a lot of them are Saturday Night Live alumni. Yes. they're used to <laughs> doing together, doing these sure. comedy skits. I mean, you got Anna Gasteyer, who is uh, Lindsay Lohan's mom. You've got Tina Fey, who Wait. plays. Oh, okay, that's her name in Amy Poehler. Yeah, no, Amy Poehler's Regina's mom. She's this oh oh the, yeah the, yeah one of the yeah. fake boobs that the dogs chewing on and yeah yeah Anna Gasteyer's the uh, L- Lindsay Lohan's mom. You're yeah, right. the the African mom. And you got Tim Meadows, who I hadn't seen for a while. Tim Meadows, who is at the principal of the school and mm-hmm. also has a low key kind of sort of relationship with Tina Fey. Like I guess so. Like he's always admired and been attracted to her, and she got divorced last summer. And but he's awkward, and he's not sure where the professional responsibilities lie. But like I saw a thread of throughout the movie, he's not exactly flirting with her, and she's not exactly yeah. flirting with him. But there's the start of something, which I thought, and I think Tim Meadows is. I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he I was think he's incredibly great, incredibly versatile. And here he does like. There's this one scene in the movie where the girl's burn book gets out and it's like causes – it's like a nuclear bomb goes off in the, the teenage girl population and everybody starts tearing each other to pieces. Yeah. And he comes out with a baseball bat and like tar- sets the fire alarms off and you think you're going to get the stand by me, Morgan Freeman, chaining up the doors. But he essentially <laughs> just gets them on the <laughs> – he gets them on the uh, gymnasium and there's a great scene where he's like, all right, we're going to talk about your issues. And this girl comes up and says, I forget what she says about her period. And he's like, yeah. uh, you know what? I thought I, I could do, do this, this, but no, fuck this. <laughs> uh, Tina Fey, could you come up and talk with these girls? Yeah. He's great. Sure. T- and then I think Tina Fey, you know, it's a script. And so she's able to easily handle yeah. this situation. But I thought, you know, she handled it pretty well. But I thought also that was interesting how, like, you don't see your teachers as real people. Okay. Sure. You know what I mean? Like when you're growing mm-hmm. up, they're like this. This they're almost like this weird class of bureaucrat that you don't imagine them having real lives and like you know going home and and you know, making love with their spouse or having money troubles or no, they're disciplining like a- their children or going on a cruise and like oh you don't even want to think about it. It's almost like not. It, it's it's kind of the same way you view your parents, only maybe once removed. And that's you know what these kids kind of are. In the same way that, like, kids in Breaking Bad were cruel to Walter White when they found out that he was having to do menial tasks to make ends meet on a teacher's salary, they're really yeah. kind of cruel to to Tina Fey here. Yeah, no, they totally are. But, I mean, their view is that Tina Fey is Miss Nor- Norbit or something like that. Is it Norris? No, That's no, the cat on Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. that's not it. 
but she's almost like the antagonist to them, right? Like that's how they view her. But that's the thing is she's actually a good teacher. Sure. Yeah. You know, she's a pusher as as is uh, you know, gets gets taken out of context in the movie. Yeah. But she's like, you know, she sees Katie and she sees her potential and she sees her squandering it for, you know, a boy. It's and that's the, I guess that's like you're saying like nothing in high school matters. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very rare that you marry your high, high school sweetheart and, you mm-hmm. know, then it's going to be even rare if you do that that you actually stay together and it's some fairy tale thing. Sure. So, the sacrificing your scholastic career for a boy when you're 17 is so stupid. <laughs> of course, but you can't you can't tell that to a kid. They're not no, going like, to get that. What are you going to do when you, and this I thought that was an interesting experience too. Like they're able to articulate what it's like to be in love for the first time, like how stupid yes. it is. And and I love that when Lindsay Lohan is confronted by Tina Fey uh-huh. about that fact, like you, you, why, why are you uh-huh. failing your grade? She's just like, cause I like this boy. And like, uh-huh. she doesn't, she doesn't say, Oh, you're right. Mrs. Whatever. I'm going to stop doing that. No, she's like, I'm a kid. And this is the most important thing to me right now. And I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. That felt very true to life. Yeah. And just uh, how you're kind of tongue tied, you don't know what to do and you, you know, try sure. to gain your favor, but you can't be out and direct because there's all kinds of rules about how you can do that. And not be a whore or a slut. Uh, sure. I thought that was all really good, really good stuff. Miss Norbury, that's her name. I also thought it was interesting how there's a, there's a lot of subtle stuff that I've started noticing over watching this in years. Like Regina, the first time you when you first meet Regina, who's played by Rachel McAdams, and she is like the opposite, polar opposite of her true detective role. Um, like here she's just beautiful and she's young and she's in control and she's aware of her sexuality and she wields it like a club and she's got these this this clique called the plastics because they're kind of like these barbie girls that she's got all these Mm -hmm. elaborate social rules and she is the trendsetter in the in the school there's one point where uh her friend whose name i don't know but she is played by um What's the chat? Ch- Lacey Chabert. Chabert? Is how I'm going to pronounce it because it is French. Chabert? Uh, her name in the show is Gretchen. Uh, so she Gretchen's got this kind of on-again, off-again boyfriend who's making time with another girl. Mm-hmm. And Regina calls her mom and says, this is Planned Parenthood. We got the test results. Can you yeah. have your daughter call us back? That's evil because this girl did nothing wrong. This girl has this boy who's kind of like this uh, Lothario uh going after her and she's flattered and he's kind of good looking and she's going on a date with him she did nothing wrong it's the boy that they should be mad at yet the revenge is taken out on the girl yeah i don't i don't understand that but well i mean that's like kind of like this I, it's not even slut shaming like this girl is no I, I don't know what to call it yeah but it's it's, it's just cruel <laughs> it's just cruel yeah but i i feel like that's a lot of times that you misplace the anger uh, in relationships, like you know, if you have a, a woman who's cheated on you, you're mad at the man. Or if you've got a, uh, your you know your man's cheated on you with another woman, you get mad at the homewrecker. It's like what the fuck? Mm. It's no, no. She was just accepting <laughs> this guy's amorous advance. You got to be mad at the person. I don't, I don't know. But I thought that's yeah. kind of smart. Uh, also, the idea that like um, Katie when she she gets into this plastics because there's this plot to destroy them. Everybody wants revenge on Regina, and I think I started this thought that that the the, the Lizzie, the Janice character, used to be best friends, and then Regina saw that she was going into the band and the art crowd, and she's like, "Fuck mm-hmm. this! I'm gonna be popular." And maybe her starting the lesbian rumor about 
Janice is the thing that maybe first propelled her to the position she's at now. It's the first kind of like corpse she stepped over. She may have, yeah, used that as leverage to get into a popular group. Yeah, to say it was there before. Exactly, exactly, to to dish on somebody. Yeah. And so Janice wants to destroy her for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And I thought, but so so Katie got in as because, why did Regina accept Katie into her personal group? Katie, the the weather telling breast girl. No, 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 not her. We'll get to her in a minute. Oh, Katie Lindsay Lohan. Lohan. Uh. I don't exactly know, but it has to do, I think, with how attractive she is to start with. And like, she found out that she was kind of attracted. I think she found that through Gretchen that she was attracted to Aaron. And then and Regina she, decided to break her just to yeah, meet an example. And, sure. and But it starts right away. Like, as soon as she walks in and is in the cafeteria and they say, hey, come sit with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a flashback halfway through where Lindsay Lohan realizes, oh, my God, she was doing the exact thing to me that she does to everyone else right from the jump. Yeah. So like there was something about Lindsay Lohan about Katie walking into that cafeteria that she just doesn't like. This is an attractive just wants to crush. This is an attractive girl. Maybe it's competition. She wants to squash the competition before it gets out of hand. Or, or like this is an attractive girl who has not been sorted into the hierarchies yet. I want to take this threat, co-opt it and then destroy her from within and make her another one of my, vassals because that's the thing like those girls that were in the plastic group with regina did a lot to shelter her mm-hmm. you know i mean they they were and able to prop her up too exactly like everybody exactly. sees oh the most attractive and coolest people at school are all following regina well she must be she's obviously the head of them so she's right. the coolest no, but I thought it was interesting how, like, you know, Katie says, apparently there's a lot of things you can hate on your body because that's one of the rituals the girls do. They get in the mirror and they talk about how fat they are. Yeah. Their thighs are gross. Their pores are disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's another weird thing about teenagers is how insecure they are. Yeah, it's not surprising, though. Like, even the most attractive of them. Mm-hmm. I thought that that felt true to life. Uh, I also thought it was interesting, like, when Janice found out that, well, she actually was in the burn book. Um, but when she found that when, when Katie, despair her feelings, said she wasn't there, she, her reaction was, those bitches. Like, yeah, yeah. Having something it's shitty said about it is, uh, yeah, about. like, being a non-entity in high school is worse than being someone of minor infamy. I mean, it's when Pete Campbell meets Don Draper for the first time. Yeah, or, or maybe it's not the first time, but he's like, I don't, I don't even think about you. Oh, it wasn't Pete Campbell. It was uh, the, the crazy uh, nipple guy, ah, Ginsburg. Oh, Ginsburg. Ginsburg okay. is like, you know what? When he's like doing all this, and Don's like, I, I don't even think about you at all. Yeah, boom. Yeah, that's worse. Uh, what else we want to talk about? Um, I mean, there's plenty of things. Like one of the other characters, this head mathlete kid. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't think I'm supposed to like this guy because he's really pervy and. I don't know, but there's something about him that I find really funny. It's almost like um, Tom in Parks and Rec a little bit. He, mm. he kind of reminds me like his attitude of, of Tom. Ah, because he's kind of like, you know, you've got like the alphas and betas, but you can also have amongst a, and I, I don't like those terms, but they're sure. convenient labels for what I'm trying to talk about. And like a culture and a population of betas, say the math club, you can have an alpha nerd. Yes. Like the alpha, and he's the one that can mac on 
the hot nerdy girls and the other guys are just, you know, completely tongue tied and, and yeah. whatnot. Now he might get shoved into a trash can by that alpha jocks, but within mm. his element, he's, he's able he's to man. Sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that feels fairly accurate to me. Totally. And he's, you know, he's funny in a ridiculous sort of way. Sure. Uh, the, the other thing, the scene where they're standing in the middle of the street toward the end and Regina gets hit by the bus. These are, this is the scene. These are the scenes that make me think in every single movie when someone crosses a street mm-hmm. from that angle that they are going to hit, get hit by a car. Sure. And I called it. I was like, and I don't know if it's because I'd seen it before and I knew it was going to happen subconsciously or if it's just that shot that does it every time. I'm like, she's going to get hit. She's going to get hit by a car. Why get out of the street? Yeah, because they teased it a couple times, and then yeah. they tease it one more time in the movie. And it, but the one time it pays off, yeah, and she's hit by a bus. Yeah, on her first day, she turns around, almost walks right into a bus. Uh, I thought that the line where she's as Katie gets pulled more and more into the plastics world, and she finds herself simultaneously loathing Regina yet wanting her approval. She's like, "I mm-hmm. hated her, but I still want her to like me." That yeah. felt very true too, because I remember, like you know douchebags in high school that I never thought anything of if I did get a bit of notice or attention or they said something like I would like start like oh, oh, oh. you know kind of like I get <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. heard from people that like say you're Republican and you meet Bill Clinton and you're, you you think you're gonna be like yeah hey, you fucking do you know but they're so goddamn charming that yeah. you you're like oh I see why half the country voted for you because you're just that good at your job or vice versa sure, if you're a Democrat sure. meeting Ronald Reagan he turns on his grandpa charm and you're laughing and smiling despite yourself like that uh, kind of shit you know what politics is still weirdly high school yeah I, I'm I'm not gonna get into it here but Dan Carlin has an interesting common sense that just came out not too long ago yeah no i know the one you're talking about okay but it is weird how like there again is another everybody from all walks of life is forced to be together and and everybody's plastic and talking behind each other's back and yeah everything's very surface so yeah. okay so great our, our our highest institutions in the land are essentially the worst kind of cesspools that don't mean anything yeah let, let me retcon my statements earlier high school is an abnormal, an anomaly within your life, unless you're going into politics, and then yes. it's the norm. So get used to yeah, it. Yeah, then you have to be a plastic person to succeed. Yeah. Sorry, Bernie. Can I also say that I, I've been through this exact experience where I've been the new kid at school, and they take you and they bring you up in front of the class and say, "This is the new person. Uh, take see, a look at them, judge them based solely on their appearance, and make whatever judgments you will, and then file that away for later." Uh, torture see i switched schools twice and i never had that like i was kind of aghast and then when you said that when we're watching i'm like seriously that's something they really do i thought it was a conceit for school like this movie i moved to mount pleasant iowa when i was like 14 and they did this Mm. in middle school like Mm. eighth grade iowa were you moving from california from indiana uh indiana oh that's like a lateral move i thought it's like if you moved from san diego to iowa you'd probably be like i'm running this shit uh, sure. A bunch of fucking cornbread I still kind of felt like that, because Mount Pleasant is a town of, like, 1,500 people or something. It's tiny. <laughs> so Mooresville is the metropolis to this place. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. But that's the worst, because, like, it's not like you get paired with somebody for a project, and they can talk to you, and you can get to know them. It's just like, here, take a look at this person and make your judgments. I don't like that at all. Hmm. Uh, I want to talk about another performance. 
the that of Amanda Seyfried as Karen, who just plays <laughs> yeah. this profoundly stupid person. Yep. And since then, she's been in a lot of things I like. Like she's been in Mamma Mia and Les Mis, and I've re- I think she's become a star in her own right. Hmm. Um, but I thought she was w- the best of the these performances of the the girl performances because wow okay i don't know i just thought it was it's super funny the whole her whole routine where katie's like surely there's got to be something you got to have it because she's kind of you know she's doing things like well you know i'm just a stupid girl and katie's like oh that's not true you got to be and katie starts to appreciate like no you really are a stupid girl yeah she's like i could put my whole fist in my mouth and then she says she has esp in my boobs can tell when it's going to rain and then she's like well actually they can tell when it's raining, yeah, which pays off when she becomes a weather girl later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed her performance. Okay, uh, yeah, I wasn't as enamored with it as you were. I guess it's good. I and think, but the, I, like I said, all the performances are good. So. And the whole three-way conversation that led up to an epic four-way double cross of Regina. Yeah, where they said that uh, Regina is calling you a whore behind your back, and Amanda Seyfried says uh, when she hears the. Well, she doesn't hear it. She's she's accused, and she's on the line with Regina. She transfers over because Regina wants to know if she has plans. She's like, oh, I'm sick. <laughs> Regina says, oh, boo, you whore, and hangs up in that face she made. I think it's pretty, it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, they're horrible to each other. Yeah. Uh, One other thing that I have to mention uh-huh. is the never-ending tiara. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the end of this, this thing. So that she goes to... This dance or home, whatever it is, I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. Uh, Enchantment under the sea dance, mm-hmm. uh, and she's made the prom queen, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she goes up on stage and she has this big speech about how we're all equal and everybody deserves to be the prom queen. It doesn't mean that much. Which I thought. It's it's great. That speech is good. I, I thought it was too much. And in fact, Tim, I, I think. Okay, maybe it's a little over the top, but the sentiment there. Yeah, Tim Meadows saved it by coming in and is like, you know, really, you you don't even have to give a speech. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, can you <laughs> can can you just wrap it up? Because she's just given his platitudes that, like, I just think would not work. In I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think that phases anybody in that crowd. Plus, like this, the lesson had already been taught like two or three times in the film. This mm-hmm. saying it was was the most ham fisted bacon gauntlety thing ever. And yeah, like just I expected. Cringeworthy. I expected that to. Be be dealt with once tina fey got them in the auditorium and had them all talk about the way ways that they've been wronged and have wronged others yeah like that's kind of the moment i thought was going to be the climax yeah uh, and and changes everybody's mind but no we had to have the heartfelt speech from Lindsay lohan but she gets up there and she breaks apart this crown this tiara because everyone should share in her victory right and she's throwing it to the crowd and i keep thinking Man, how many pieces has she broken this thing into? She's There's... like Jesus in the loaves of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She just keeps breaking off more and throwing it to the ground. And then the kicker is she walks off the stage, and as she goes off, she puts it back on a her full, head. A full tiara. A full tiara. It really know. is. She's just like the Lord. He broke those those three fishes and five loaves, and then they end it's up amazing. having 40 bushels of loaves and fish at the end of the day. It's truly amazing. It blew my mind. <sighs> no, that was a, that was interesting. Um but so the thing is, is that that I think was gilding the lily too much. But okay. I did like the lesson that I think is great for teenagers to hear is that you've got the hero of the story, Katie, who did all kinds of terrible things, but she's not a terrible person. Mm-hmm. 
and she learned from it and she moved on. This isn't this isn't something that had to define her life. This isn't the type of person she was. It's something and I think that's a great lesson for young people that like you're going to you shit make, the bed. Yeah. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to do bad things. It's not probably that literally. doesn't make you a bad person. In fact, thinking that might make you a bad person. Like if you get trapped into like, oh, I did terrible yeah, things, yeah. I deserve this, I can't have any better you're more likely to get trapped in a never-ending spiral of bullshit. Or if you drama. refuse to acknowledge that the things you did were wrong and, and no, bad. No. Um, yeah, there, there's many ways that, that could be a negative force in your life. And yeah, acknowledging that everyone makes those mistakes. And that's that's the key lesson in the the auditorium scene, right? Like everybody is raising their hands, both about being wronged and wronging others. Yeah, It's not like there's anybody in that crowd who was innocent. Yeah. And and that doesn't make all of those people bad. It mm. just they need to learn from those mistakes, right? Uh, Ken, there's so there's other there's there's one other thing besides the speech at the end I thought was bad and contrived, and that was when she gave her confession to Aaron, Double uh, Aaron, about her pretending to be bad at math. Yeah. And how, like, fucking offended he got at that. I thought that, like, that whole scene was contrived to get her to, like, we need a moment where she hits rock bottom. Yeah. So we're just going to kind of do this. And I felt that was a false note in the movie. Like, I don't think Double okay. Aaron has that reaction when he says, I pretend to be bad at math and I'm I'm actually failing this class. Yes, this is he stupid. He probably just chuckles, He'd right? He'd probably be like, that's yeah. the stupidest thing I ever heard. And she's like, I know. And then they make out. Yeah, yeah. But instead... Or he gets vomited on. Instead, he's like, oh, you're just like Regina and all that. I don't know. And I, I know they needed to have that turn. And I, I kind of... You know, this isn't like a, a, a The Martian where I think there's no way they could have gotten around that. Like, I think if they had just let this situation... I mean, there's only an hour and a half movie, and it's aimed at teenagers who I think could... You know, another 15 minutes of letting this naturally conclude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm where, you know, like, if he found out about all the machinations they went through, like, that, hey, we tried to hurt you on or numerous he... occasions just to take Regina down. Yeah, so the manipulation needed to be, I guess, more devious. Like, he needed yeah. to find out that she was doing more than just pretending to be bad at math. I don't think that's well, such she an was. egregious like, thing. But if she, was doing, these... well, if she was doing something similar to, like, the candy bar thing to him, mm-hmm. and he found out, he might be like, oh, my God, you're exactly like Regina. I want nothing to do with you. Well, the fact that they were trying to get him to stumble in on his girlfriend fucking some other dude. But he never really of, realized that. That's right? what I'm saying. That's That was a thing that she did that was terrible. Like, if you really yes. cared about him, you should just tell him straight up, hey, your girlfriend's cheating on you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... But he never finds out about that, so it doesn't feel right that he'd get so angry. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They could have lingered on that a little bit longer. Yeah. And again, like even Regina by the end is kind of a pitiable character because like that scene where she gets excluded from her own. And that's I thought that was interesting how like there's this uh, Gretchen who had been ground under the heel of Regina this whole movie. Yeah. Was like, no, God damn it. The rules apply to you. Like we've all you know, we've all been in this situation and now you're, you know, fat and all that stuff, which that was the other thing. Like they're trying to pretend like Rachel Adams is really packed it on as a cow now. They do an all right job. They yeah. give her a little bit of a gut, like they did, like a saggy fat they, gut. Yeah, they did pat her out a little bit. Yeah, this is the scene where she goes to one three five and 
you know, she doesn't fit in her dress anymore, and the uh-huh. snooty clerk is like, "Oh, have you tried Sears?" Like that. I guess that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the, but just, just the, her reaction the, to the having des- to go to Sears, I like love it. the desperation of like of them both. Like Gretchen is just almost hysterical mm-hmm. at like, "I have to stand up to you because else all these sacrifices I made mean nothing." And then Regina, like being real, is like, "I have to wear sweatpants because I'm too big to fit in the rest of my clothes." And that was really kind of almost touching. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows you... And also, I don't you, know, it's her realizing her privilege, I when guess. When you see Amy Poehler, and you realize, like, Regina's been shaped into this. Yeah, yeah. By her mother, who was probably shaped... And, like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've talked a lot about on the podcast, like, these cycles of violence that, that men find themselves into. Like, you mm-hmm. have an angry father sure. who slaps you around and beats you, and that's how you know how to react with people, and then that's what you do. And then, like, at some point, someone has to be like, okay, I'm going to... And everyone tries to do a little bit better, but at some point someone has to say enough is enough and I'm going to try to break this cycle. Like, there's a little yeah. bit of that with this. Like, Yeah, well, I, th- that's evident that her mom has shaped her. Um, Regina's mom has kind of turned her into what she is. Been, being so concerned with, I don't know, looks and how attractive people perceive her to be, stuff like that, has, has not done her any favors. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with women – Embracing sexuality, uh, you know, uh, I'm not one that's, for, yeah, for slut-shaming. But I also don't think that it's healthy to say that, you know, from an early age, this is what you – you are the princess and your yeah. physical beauty and your dress are the most important things about you and they're the things that define you and they're weapons to be used. And and her mom clearly isn't setting any boundaries for her. Right. Zero. The way she talks to her, the way she – treats her i mean it's... like there's this one scene where you walk into regina's bedroom and it's like a fucking hotel suite yeah and she's like oh do you like it this is my parents bedroom but i made him you know it's like how in the fuck does that happen and i believe that that is actually that's kind of like you know that 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 must have happened somewhere to some parents probably you know so. like oh you just bought a lexus and my teenage daughter who i've given everything to wants to drive because she's pop i mean like yeah, what? and they probably think there's they're nothing... doing their kids a favor too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like nothing I'm wrong going with to give them no. the things I didn't have, or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, we don't get anything about her background, her mom's background at all. Yeah. Uh, but you can see that the chain is is there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I again, I, I, I'm always hesitant to criticize what women are doing because I don't all know that. But it's, it seems like with this thing, it's pretty easy to be like Amy Poehler's fucking up. Sure, like it's Regina a can't. I mean, how is she supposed to know any better? Yeah, um, and you just think like, what has she seen? And like, you know, her dad. Like, there's a couple scenes where her dad, you can tell, like, uh, when she's looking at her Halloween dress, and it's this extreme. It's it's like a Playboy centerfold thing. Yeah, and her dad's like, I don't know about this, but her mom's like, Oh yeah, you're so beautiful and sexy. It's like, ah, uh, hmm. like what kind of relational dynamics that she learning for like what's she going to be later in life like maybe you, you got how to relate to girls in high school down but how are you going to relate with you know the people that you form relationships later i don't know sure regina's a train wreck is what i'm trying to say and it's tough to raise kids it is tough to raise kids <laughs> and uh we could probably all do better just be glad you don't have a girl dude every day It'd be a nightmare for you <laughs> i know seriously like i um I think it's it's you know like we've talked about it's twice male... as hard as raising boys right at least twice as hard I would think so and also yeah. I just think that you I don't know this you know we talk about male privilege a lot 
Sure. And I think that the biggest definition, even before I even kind of was familiar with the concepts, I remember thinking in this world, you know, your your son comes home and says, Dad, I fucked up and I've got a girl pregnant. You can be like, all right, son, we're going to get through this. We'll figure out what to do, whatever. Your girl comes home and says, Dad, I fucked up. I got pregnant. That's a whole lot harder of a, con- you know. Sure. That's a whole lot harder of a problem to deal with. Like, in this world that we live in, you know, girls often are th- ones that have things done to them, and boys are often the ones doing things to people. And as yeah, a yeah. parent, like, which is the easiest one to deal with, with the consequences and all that. So, no, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I have I have the boy and not a, a, not a girl, because I don't know how I deal with that. I'm sh- People do. There's ways to do it. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, to a degree that male privilege is a real thing, that raising a boy is easier. Mm-hmm. It's the easy mode of, of raising children. So why not? Yeah. I don't know what else I have to say. There, there's a song at the end, uh, Orbital by Halcyon. Or Halcyon by Orbital, rather. That always makes me think of Hackers. And I was like, wow, this is a weird song to be in here at the end, but whatever. Yeah, I... Hmm, why do you think that? Just because they need something for the soundtrack? It just doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the soundtrack. I didn't notice. I honestly, I couldn't tell you anything about it's the soundtrack. It's this weird, like, trippy, ethereal kind of... Mm. Dan- not dance track, like, almost like a trance sort of thing. It's at the end of this, and it just didn't fit with the rest of the movie, in my opinion. Hmm. And But maybe it's literally just because I saw it in Hackers, and I'm so familiar with that movie. What else do we want to talk about? I don't have anything else. Well, Carmen DeVito. I, I did don't like know, this a lot more a, than I expected, though. I don't know as a 12-year-old what you'll make of this or if it's going to be useful at all to you or you'll find it entertaining or enjoyable. Yeah. But, uh, Try thanks. not to repeat our language either. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to you and your father, uh, Dr. DeVito, for, for commissioning this in your name. We appreciate We appreciate the support. Uh, it was an unexpected uh, gym. I kind of... I kind of expected we'd have a lot of interesting things to talk about and we'd enjoy it. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah. So it still holds up. It's a great movie. Everyone should check it out. If you'd like to commission your very own podcast, you can do so at baldmove.com slash shop. There's a big old commission podcast thing, and there's a couple things you can do. There are some community-voted options that we're probably going to be refreshing here pretty soon. Because uh, we've had several of them that have been fulfilled. We can get the Princess Bride off there, right? The prin- no. Just get deleted. We're only like three votes out. away. I, that's why I wanted to delete you it. You can pay 10 bucks. That's a share. And three Ugh. more people do that. And we make Jim watch the Princess Don't Bride. Can't it. we all get behind that? No. And then you could also pick a custom one that's a little bit pricier. But uh, yeah. you can have your say and, and, and you know, put, put Mean Girls on the menu if you want. Your favorite movie. Whatever. Or you can. The thing that no one's really ever done to us, except for, I guess, Teeth. Is the first one. Oh, that who, one's coming up, yeah. Who, I feel like the, the commissioner is, tr- is, is doing this just so we will be uncomfortable. He's trolling us. It's, it's, it's a she. The commissioner is a she? The commissioner for teeth is a she. Oh, I thought you were talking about Andrew the Commissioner Mount. No, 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 not the commissioner. The commissioner okay. of the movie Teeth. Gotcha, yes, Which, if you yes. don't know, is about a young woman. I think woman, she's trolling us. It's about a young woman with teeth in her vagina. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're, they're... Which is sure to instigate a lot of I thought, awkward conversations. <laughs> sure. Sure. I thought, sure, that at least half the movies would be terrible movies that people would inflict on us. But it turns out, when you spend a lot of money, you want to hear about something to love, not something that you hope someone hates. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting social statement about the world. 
that deep down, when people want to spend their time and energy, they want it to be on something positive, not on something negative. Regina George would have commissioned something negative. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, all right. So thanks again to Dr. Brandon DeVito for all your support over the years. And I uh, yep. hope you and your daughter enjoyed this podcast. And we will see you the next time. Till then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. <laughs>